0: Hello and welcome to Dedicated Packers, the podcast where we do care about the Green Bay Packers. Oh, we don't care anything else. Let's go. Alright, hello and welcome back. Two dedicated Packers. Uh, (laughs) I'm not really sure what there is to say after this game. I think there's a long, angry rant that I could go on, and I don't really want to do that because there's plenty of arguments that could be put forth that might, you know, make my rant kind of pointless. But I think overall, the thing that you just have to look at at this point is it's been a pretty disappointing, forget about five weeks, it's been a pretty disappointing last two to three weeks. And if you take out that fourth quarter from the Saints game, It's definitely been a pretty disappointing three weeks. So we're going to talk about this game. We're going to jump into it. I want to discuss really quickly some news that seems pretty unimportant right now, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Before the game, Justin Hollins was released. Patrick Taylor was added to the active roster. They added Patrick Taylor to the active roster because they needed to elevate him for today's game because, spoiler alert, Aaron Jones was out. And you only get three elevations, they used each of those up for Patrick Taylor in the first three games, so they had to elevate him a fourth time today, on that fourth elevation you have to add him to the active roster, so they added him, the corresponding move was to release Justin Hollins, slightly interesting that they released Hollins, I mean, it it does make sense, he hadn't really been productive versus the pass, nor versus the run, pretty much every edge rusher on the team is better than him, except possibly from Brenton Cox Jr., but he's young and has promise, And now, with Hollins off the team, you're going to give more snaps to guys you probably feel better about. LVN, Preston, Inagbari. So Hollins is gone. Patrick Taylor added. Pre-game, some news we learned. So Aaron Jones and Eric Stokes, who are both questionable, they were listed as out. Stokes is not surprising. They're giving him the bye. They're letting him ramp up. I mean, there was basically no way he was going to play in this game. I was honestly surprised he was listed as questionable at all. Aaron Jones, interesting that he um was was out. Matt LaFleur said he felt something on Saturday. The medical team, him, Brian Gutekunst, Steven, they all basically said we got a lot of football ahead of us. We got a bye next week. No playing Aaron Jones, so they sat him and I mean, yeah, pretty much just being extra cautious with the bye week next week. Jair Alexander, he was listed as questionable. He played and he played along with DeVonte Adams, who was also listed as questionable. Luckily, I mean, I guess pregame, we were happy that those two were both active. We're like, yes, Jair versus Tay. Probably should have had expectations a little bit more tempered. Those two did not match up very often. And then Rudy Ford also listed as questionable. He was active. Awesome game from Rudy Ford. I mean, probably the the best player on the field there tonight for the Green Bay Packers, along with A.J. Dillon, who thought I'd be saying that. Um, Rudy Ford with a pick had some nice run defense. So a nice job from Rudy Ford, and he was active, other guys, Watson, Elton, John Rennie Jr., they were all full go, no injury designations, along with Rashawn Gary, who was taken off the injury report. He had a nice sack today. I don't want to run through the game. That's sort of all the news from pregame. I have notes on the game, but I think at that at this point, it just kind of feels pointless. I don't want to run through the game. We're going to talk about the offense. We're going to talk about the defense, and mostly we're going to talk a huge amount about the offense and about the defense during the bye week. But I want to make something very clear. This bye week needs to have some serious self-reflection in it. And honestly, it's it's not the defense. It's the offense that needs to be reflected upon because there are so many things that they have to clean up. I can just list a few right now. They have to clean up Jordan Love's decision-making. They have to clean up... And Matt LaFleur talked about this, their wide receivers' tendencies to look back at deep balls while running instead of putting their head down, running, and then finishing the catch when the ball's closer to the ground. They have to clean up their run blocking, though that looked the best it's looked all year tonight. They have to clean up the pass blocking, which, yeah, looked awesome for the first three weeks, but has looked pretty bad, looked horrible against the Lions, and looked pretty bad tonight against Max Crosby. And and most importantly, they have to find an offensive identity. So, I mean, that's just a few of the things that have to desperately need to be cleaned up, but on the whole, I think it's not worth reliving this game. It is simply worth looking at this game, adding it to one of the five games, and looking at how poorly it went, and figuring out what Green Bay is going to do to get better. One thing I, one last thing I do want to say from the game is that Quay Walker and Darnell Savage both got hurt, they were both ruled out, Quay Walker with a knee, Darnell Savage with a calf, Quay Walker looked pretty awesome in the first few snaps that he played, Darnell Savage looked like Darnell Savage, um, you know, fiery, flew around, but not the, the biggest impact in the world, but I mean, sucks that they were both ruled out. You really don't need that. So maybe they'll be better coming back from the bye. Not great that they were ruled out. Darnell Savage did go back in the game and then left again. So not a great sign for for Savage or Quay, really, who was just ruled out. So we'll see what happens with those injuries. Let's, Let's talk about the offense. I think just on this game alone, though it has been a theme to a degree this year, the Packers' offense was thinking a lot about their plays and not players. And that's, a, that's a, a famous saying in the NFL world, think players, not plays. And Matt LaFleur, I think, coming into this game was expecting them to have Aaron Jones. So he had this whole game plan with Aaron Jones. But what he ended up doing was running plays that were designed for Aaron Jones with Patrick Taylor. And the result was you have this nice play where you motion Patrick Taylor in and then give him a handoff. And then Max Crosby comes screaming down on the edge, grabs Taylor, you know, by the back and throws him to the ground. And I will give credit to Matt for understanding that they needed to establish the ground game. I think that's what they want to be their identity. And it worked today. So they ran the ball. But then it stopped working and it worked well, you know, in the first quarter, but it stopped working in the second quarter. They couldn't run for, you know, two, three drives and they didn't adjust at all. They just kind of kept pounding the same thing. And Matt LaFleur is bringing in these plays that are designed maybe on paper to work, but he's forgetting about the players aspect. He's forgetting about the simplicity of, Hey, you got Christian Watson, you got Romeo Dobbs, you got Jaden Reed, you have Luke Musgrave, you have all of these dynamic skill position players, guys like Goody spending top picks on, right? Christian Watson, two seconds, Jaden Reed, a second, Luke Musgrave, a second, Romeo Dobbs, a fourth rounder, Steel in the fourth rounder, uh, in the fourth round, by the way, but none of those guys got any design targets in that first half, and this idea of, yeah, sure, the ground game's working in the first quarter, but as soon as it starts no longer working, you can't keep running these plays with crappy players. Find plays for your playmakers, and he didn't do any of that. Now, in the second half, things started picking up. We started getting the run game going, and then guess what? They got better at getting the playmakers the ball. They punched in a massive A.J. Dillon touchdown with just under center runs, which set up the next drive, Play action, boot, Jordan to the left, Jordan Love, flip the hips, you know, 40-yard bomb down the field to Christian Watson, who takes off for a 30, 40-yard um, run after the catch and sets them up in 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 the red zone in within Las Vegas' 10. They didn't end up scoring there because the red zone sequence was awful. But my point is, when the offense had success, it came off of play action, running the ball, and then most importantly, getting the ball to your playmakers and we need more of getting the ball to your playmakers, and especially when the run game is not working, we need so much more of getting the ball to the playmakers. We need so much more of, hey, Romeo Dobbs, give him the ball. Christian Watson, give him the ball. Jaden Reed, he didn't touch the ball once tonight. I didn't see Jaden... Sorry, he did on punt return. That's it. Get Jaden Reed the ball more. That has to be what this team leans on, and it wasn't what they leaned on tonight. And then the second offensive note is just how many downs there were today. I've talked about, and we're going to talk about it so much during the bye, there's so many positives, but there's also so many negatives with this offense thus far. The issue tonight was there was mostly just negatives. Love, the last two weeks have been pretty shocking from a decision-making standpoint for him. Last week it was turning down throws that were there, and then that led to sacks. This week it was turning down little throws that were there, slash running for it, And then that leading to interceptions. I had, I have, I mean, the first interception that was on love, that was like, that isn't even rookie stuff. That's just, it feels like when, when, I don't know, you're doing something, maybe, maybe you're, you're, you're throwing your phone up in the air and you're thinking, huh, I can see that this isn't really a great idea. And then you keep doing it. And then eventually you drop your phone, and it shatters. And this isn't a great analogy, but I I'm I'm I have a real feeling of about this this love throw, and I just can't kind kind of describe it. And then it shatters, right? And now you have this phone that you've shattered, even though you knew it wasn't a good idea. It felt like love, like he he did see that linebacker, but he didn't really register seeing that linebacker, and so he threw it anyway you know, got picked off. And then I bet you after that play, he just is kind of thinking to himself, what the hell was I doing? So that one was awful. That one, that one wasn't, I'm turning down a, a check down to make a big plan. I'm throwing an interception. That was just awful. But then the second two were, were more, they're not fully on love, but it's like, I get what you're trying to do here. But maybe don't force those balls. The first one was definitely a forced ball. Watson was not open. He forced the ball. Marcus Peters tipped it up in the air. Maybe it didn't deserve to be an interception. I wouldn't call it a turnover-worthy play. But when you're throwing contested balls in the middle of the field, that's kind of what's going to happen. And then the last one of Christian Watson was, you came to Watson too late. He was open. But when he was open, you were scrambling to get out of the pass rush. And then by the time you got out of the pass rush... Watson was no longer open. You kind of had to run that. Watson, I mean, Love said after the game he was trying to give Watson, he was trying to win the game. Basically, I get it. Y- you can't make that throw. So this, this, the decision making from Love has been pretty scarringly bad the last two weeks. I have uh, no clue what the game plan for Matt LaFleur was. And then the run game dipped hard in the middle of the game. Now, It was good for maybe two quarters, but by the time they came back to it, it was too late. And overall, it was such an ugly offensive performance. It completely completely lacked cohesiveness, any sort of semblance of what one might consider a a well-put-together, well-felt-through offense. And that's what I have on the offense. It's kind of—it's been the same thing. I I will say, I think we saw for a quarter in that third quarter— what the vision is to a degree with this offense and that is this hard under center running game just zone runs four yards six yards it was working and it'll work even more when you have Aaron Jones now to be fair you're not going to be playing the Raiders crappy defensive line every week but you will have Aaron Jones most weeks so positives negatives right And if you're able to get that run game going, well, guess what? Now you're opening up the bootleg game. You're opening up the 77-yard bomb to Christian Watson. They do need to be more successful on other deep passes. I mean, Love had one today where on third and— I want to say third and seven, right before the Raiders had their drive where they ended up kicking the field goal and then the Packers had their drive throwing the interception. So on the Packers' penultimate drive, the second-to-last drive, Love had a deep ball to Watson where he just underthrew it, though to be fair, he had Max Crosby in his face— On a drive earlier, he had Christian Watson on a deep ball. That was actually a perfect ball from Jordan Love. Watson maybe got interfered with a little bit, and then the ball went through his hands, his outstretched hands. I wouldn't say that was a pass he had to reel in. It was a tough catch, but a good ball from Jordan Love. But regardless, they definitely have to be better from a deep game passing standpoint. But that is is probably the vision with this offense, this running the ball, setting up play action... It's just we're not seeing any of that, and we saw I guess we saw it for a quarter, quarter and a half today, but other than that, it's not working, and that's what's going to need to come back together. There's so many just jumbles of things with this offense. It's so discombobulated, and it's kind of what you get with this young team. On defense, let's talk about that for a second. The scheme, let's talk about... I mean, there's no reason to be frustrated with the defense after this game because the scheme is an issue... It's not the biggest issue. So we're going to talk about Joe Barry more during the bye week. I I just want to say I have a couple of issues with Joe Barry. One is his philosophy. Now, his approach might be more easily digestible if they were playing Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterbacks in the league. They're not. In the NFC, the best quarterback is Jalen Hurts, who's damn good, but then it falls off a cliff. I mean, Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, who's the next best quarterback in the NFC? They're not that good, but Joe Barry plays like he's scared of them. He's scared of them getting beat over the top. And uh, even when the defense has, or the offense, has shown their willingness to take the simple underneath stuff, Joe Barry keeps doing it. He loves this, I'm going to let you drive down the field approach. And it's maddening. It is so unbelievably maddening. So that's my first issue, is just his philosophy in general. I think it's a, a ridiculously frustrating way to play defense. And then, I mean, they're putting Preston Smith in coverage versus Devontae Adams, so that's not a sound strategy. There's a difference between we're going to let you march down the field and we're going to let you pick up 12 yards on a anything with Devontae Adams because we have Preston Smith lined up against him. The second issue is is related, it's more situational-based. Joe Barry doesn't know when to abandon his scheme against Detroit. Picture-perfect example, You're two scores down against Detroit last week, they wanted to drive down the field on 17 plays, they wanted to let that happen, and Joe Barry lets it happen. So he sort of sticks to his scheme regardless of what the situation and everyone and everything in general, what the situation would dictate. Now, the last thing is kind of hard to put together. My favorite way of saying it is he's not really a good coach. And that can be evidenced through the matchups you're getting with Preston Smith on Devontae Adams, or Preston Smith versus Justin Jefferson. We've seen it far too often, and it shouldn't be happening. Now, you can say, oh, there's no way to check out of that. Like, this is the play, this is the personnel. I'm sure maybe we'll get some of that. And that's more okay when it comes to Bijan John Robinson um, versus, you know, a safety. But, or it wasn't a safety, it was Bijan John Robinson versus Devondre Campbell. Like, it's a linebacker matched up on a running back, I get it. But an edge rusher matched up on a wide receiver, that's ridiculous. And the best example, or best way of showing why that's so egregious, is that we don't see that around the league. Like, we we're never seeing, hey, Nick Bosa's matched up against... CeeDee Lamb. You don't see that. And the fact that you've seen it now far too often with the Packers, it's kind of an example. So those are kind of my issues with Joe Barry. I don't really like his his scheme, his philosophy. I definitely hate his philosophy because he's not willing to adjust in certain situations, and then I don't think he's a great schematic coach. That being said, despite all of these defensive issues, his defense gave up ten points versus the Saints, gave up 14 points versus the Bears, taking out garbage time, gave up Ten in this first half against the Raiders, though it was really seven because there was the interception that led to the Raiders being in the Packers, you know, within the Packers 10-yard line, and then it gave up 17 points overall to the Raiders, though, again, really it should have been 14. They never look sexy. They're average, and until the offense is fixed, this team is going to be bad, regardless of this defense, but that's kind of the biggest thing. The defense is not what's losing them games right now, and... So it's it's tough to get too angry with Barry. Now, I think he should be fired for the three reasons I listed above, but he's not this guy that's tanking everything the team wants to do. And then the second thing on defense is the players. Some of the bad plays, man, they're also on the players, and I think the biggest example of this is run defense because the Packers have a lot of players who just aren't awesome. Now, they do have Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark, Jair Alexander. Those are stars of stars. But beyond that, they have what I like to call good, fine players. Players who you say, yeah, they're in there. You say, okay, fine. TJ Slayton, Devontae Wyatt. Now, TJ Slayton, he's better versus the run. Devontae Wyatt, better versus the pass. They have their skill sets, but overall, they're good, fine players. Preston Smith, Kingsley, and Abar- uh, Bari against, again, Preston Smith, better versus run. Enagbari, better versus pass. But overall, good, fine players. Rasul, he's looked good and played pretty freaking well today. He's no superstar. safeties. I definitely wouldn't call them good, fine players. I'd probably call them yeah. players. And then Quay Walker, he's very good versus the pass, and he's good versus the run. He he shot a gap today, which was nice. You're not seeing a lot of gap shooting from Quay, but he's been better, but he's not yet special. And then Devondre, he's good, he's fine. And so when you have a lot of good, fine players on defense, it's hard to expect too much. And a lot of good, fine players, plus meh, uh, I don't really love you as a defensive coordinator in Joe Barry. The result is kind of exactly what you're seeing. You get a lot of these good, fine players and you get a uh, fine result. 10 points versus saints, 14 points versus bears, 14 points versus Raiders taking out the field goal. That's fine. It's good. Actually, you take that. Now you do get run on at times by teams like the lions. You get crushed. In fact, it's kind of what's going to happen. Your defense is average, and that's sort of what we're dealing with here. And I I think that there are a lot of issues, and the one of the biggest issues with the defense is that so many guys are first-round picks, and you don't want first-round picks to be good, fine players. You want your first-round picks to be Rashawn Gary's and Jair Alexander's and Christian Watson's, not Darnell Savage's and Devontae Wyatt's. So, So that's an issue, but in general, I think that the defense is something that you're going to have to kind of deal with right now. And the reality is if you want to win Super Bowls in this league, it has to come from your offense. And that's what the Packers need to fix. And so that's what I have on the defense. It's fine. It's, it's honestly, it's not something that's worth getting mad about. And I do think Joe Barry should be fired because he's not elevating anybody. And if your coach isn't elevated and elevating anybody, what are you doing? But it's not too on the defense. Moving on to players to watch, I mean, both losses here. Jaden Reed, he didn't get the ball once. The offense struggled. I'm not shocked. This is where we are, but give Jaden Reed the ball. So 2 and 7 there and then Jair. We didn't get a bunch of Jair versus Tay. We got maybe two matchups. I didn't expect a bunch of it, but we really got none of it. None of it and other than that, not much to say about Jair. I think I'll take an L here. He was rarely targeted, as per usual. The one time we did see him, he got juked out of his shoes by Josh Jacobs on a 25, 30-yard run. So let's call it what it is. Two and 2-8, awful, in terms of players to watch thus far. I think I was better than this last year, so not a great showing for me. And I'm going to let you all go to bed now. I think on defense, man, this is not the game to get angry about. And I think on the whole... Joe Barry, I don't, I mean, I don't think anyone would say he should be the Packers defensive coordinator, but he's really not the massive issue. On the offense, I mean, legitimately everything needs to be cleaned up, and we're going to talk about it during the bye. My last sentiment, the thing I guess I want to end with is, I mean, again, on defense, they are what they are, nothing you're too proud of, but I've seen worse, and then on offense... They're a team full of first and second year guys. Legitimately, it's just doing this off the top of my head. Elton Jenkins, John Rennie Jr., A.J. Dillon, Patrick Taylor, I guess, who who started more than two full seasons. Who else? Josh Myers, I guess, but he was injured for most of his rookie season. I, I get that it probably looks uglier than it should be on offense, but first of all, it's probably not as awful as it looked today, and second of all, However awful it is, you can take out a little bit of that, and this is a scientific term, awfulness, because the team is so young, and some of this has to be expected. So go get some rest. Let's hope the buy can help us start getting things cleaned up. And... We're just going to have to spend the next week reflecting. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of positives to to reflect on. So that's what I have. As always, thank you very much for listening to Dedicated Packers. I get this episode was probably a little bit rambly. Apologize for that. It's kind of where we're at. I'll get some nice, solid, concrete episodes coming out the next two days. But this is what I have. I think the thing to remember is that this team is young. And hopefully, in the coming days, they will be fun until next time, though. Go Pack Goat!